It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. Sometimes I find it hard to believe that I get some of the topics that I get requested, but this was definitely one that was requested by one of our listeners, so I'm going to go for it. The question was, how do I sell Scrum to our leadership? How do I sell Scrum to top management? And what I could tell you is I believed at one point that this was a struggle. My hope was that this was no longer a struggle. But what I've quickly found is that some people are still struggling. So Scrum has become probably one of the most popular, if not the most popular agile framework, right? It's the way that people are trying to get things done. Now, sometimes I think the harder sell is getting people to culturally change their mind about how they feel about something. But the truth is the data and evidence is there to support agile in general, you know, not even specifically scrum being better for most organizations. You have to realize the potential that implementing scrum promises. If you're still stuck in your traditional waterfall approach, uh, you understand the issues of delayed estimates and delayed releases, less than expected results, lower quality, the inability to make changes easily. Um, team members get shuffled around and assigned to other projects like, like resources that, that you could throw away, fungible resources. Emergency changes come into effect after a release. Um, you, you find out that you have a faulty product and that there's not enough time to test and All these things happen in traditional setups. Selling Scrum should be easy because just by going with what I said, all those things get conquered in some way, shape, fashion, or form. Even if you go all the way back to 2012, uh, there was a survey that was done. I want to say it was done by Gartner. And it said that 80% of all Scrum adoptions and organizations were initiated by leadership. The survey also found that the Scrum Master um, and it worked with, after the Scrum Master worked closely with top management, like VPs, CEOs, and managers, um, these people were the most knowledgeable about Scrum. The leadership were actually the most knowledgeable. The survey results, the results also showed how crucial it was to spread awareness about uh, Scrum with top management because the managers that knew adopted it and the ones who adopted it were successful. It's kind of interesting how that all plays into effect. So with that being said, um, I remember there was a document that was created. I want to say it was called the Declaration of Interdependence or something like that. Uh, That's a strong document that you can fall back on to convince managers about what Scrum is and why it should be done. Anytime you have something that's factual and statistical and easy for them to glance at and say, ah, yes, this is official it makes it easier for you to help them understand the increased return on investment uh, that they'll achieve by focusing on delivering the specific features and business needs that people are actually asking for. If you're consistently focused on outcome and impact and delivering results that are beneficial for the key stakeholders or for the individual users, it's going to help boost the project's validity and credibility, which will in turn make leaders in business more respect, more receptive to the framework that you're recommending. And it'll help with ownership at the ground level. I think that sometimes when you're talking about really big 
waterfall-esque projects. Nobody likes to take ownership of those because nobody knows what direction they're going, how or whether they're going to be done. It just creates this nightmare. If we can get people to take ownership of a product or project, and we can break it down into incremental deliverables, and we can pivot when we need to to help people be successful, it's going to allow us to plan for short burst iterations and facilitate facilitate adaption to what we're trying to do and uh, adaptation rules, right? If we can get beyond the nuance of documentation and start treating people as individuals and not resources and formulating a plan which will lead to a product that more comprehensively solves problems instead of a comprehensive plan which leads to a product that sucks, that's going to help us really get to the point of understanding how self-organizing teams and empowered teams can take ownership of problems, dilemmas, things that are happening, and still create an air of creativity where they can be increasingly productive with shared responsibility and accountability and really flow with the chain of events that are happening. There's so many positive things that come when leadership embraces this that whether or not leadership embraces this should no longer be the question. It should be, here are the facts, here's the information. Now, I have some good news for you. Uh, Many years ago, we created a document. It was called the Executive Agility Playbook. And inside of that playbook, we put the three big questions that leaders have about why is this important to me? What do I need to do to get started, right? How do we responsibly scale? And what are my responsibilities? And what do I need to do? And I think that that document is, it's got to be one of the top most downloaded documents from the Agile Dad Archive. But it's absolutely a brilliant document that helps you explain to leaders exactly what's going on, why it's important, and why they should embrace this. Now, for those of you who are struggling, it's always nice to hear third-party objective views. So that document can be customized to map to whatever you need it to say. Or the document also has an accompanying video of me presenting it for, I think it's an hour and seven minutes, where I go through and I describe each and every page of the document and how you can pitch and present it to your leadership team. And it goes through everything from you know, statistical data from third-party uh, companies like McKinsey and whatnot. It goes into in-depth representation of why honoring WIP limits is important. And it even goes back and talks about the keys to successfully scale and the keys to being a great leader. And that document is kind of the cornerstone of what we're trying to do here. So I encourage you to go to the Agile Dev website and go to the uh, Agile document section and download that playbook. And then if you go to the video section, you can watch the accompanying video. The beauty here is that you can make this all your own and then you can present it to leadership and show everybody just where your Agile chops are. All right, that's going to do it. I hope that you enjoyed this presentation of this episode regarding being in a situation where you can lead leaders. If you are looking to lead leaders, you know, we offer training, coaching, and consulting to help people do that. If you have an episode you want to talk about or topic you want to talk about, feel free to reach out to us, learn more at agiledad.com. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.